Welcome to the Champions Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Bob Illis. To learn more about Champions Church, visit GodsChampions.com. Check, one, two, check. Yeah, I'm on, right? Good morning. How are you doing this morning? Are you kidding me? You know I'm going to ask you again. How are you doing this morning? How many are thankful to be in the presence of the Lord this morning? Yeah, amen. He makes everything better, doesn't he? The stuff that we go through, the things that we fret about, when we get in the presence of the Lord, it just kind of melts away. And uh, that's what the actually uh, title of my sermon is today. It's called Levels of Thankfulness. Um, how many of you guys are prepping for Thanksgiving right now? You've already got in your mind what you're going to make, how many people are coming, where we're going to eat, what desserts are going to be made, who's making the bread, who's doing potatoes, who's doing the vegetables, who's doing the ham, turkey, or whatever else you do. Anybody already prepping? Nobody's prepping. Are you kidding me? Okay, James is prepping. All right. Well, during this season, Thanksgiving is coming. And if you have uh, any family at all coming over, um, there are always two sets of tables. There's one table for the adults, because we know how to eat, we know the etiquettes. And then there's one for the kids. Why is that? Because kids don't know how to eat. The kids sit at the table, and this is what happens at a kid's table. First of all, at the adult table, we break out the good china. The dishes that we haven't used all year are coming out Thanksgiving. The gravy bowls and the plates and the silverware, the good silverware that's maybe has been used three times in a lifetime. It's all coming out. And then the kids' table, they have it dressed up with paper plates, plastic cups. Why is that? Why is that? Have you ever sat at the, how many guys remember sitting at a kids' table? Maybe you never got demoted to the kids' table or promoted from the kids' table. When you were at the kids' table, you got the same thing everybody else did. It just, the parents knew that there was a mess coming. They, Parents, during this time, when you're sitting at the table, you don't want to look across the table, and you don't, want, you don't want to see a kid doing this. They're chewing with their mouth open. You see what they got in their mouth, and it's just disgusting. Or a spilt milk or drink on the table. If they do it at the kid's table, so what? Suck it up, kids. Just go ahead and keep eating. Just do what you want to do. So there's maturity levels when it comes to our Thanksgiving tables. And just like there's maturity levels. There's also maturity levels when it comes to uh, our thanksgiving to the Lord. Uh, let me tell on myself. Um, I always tell on myself. Uh, one Thanksgiving, growing up, um, my mom uh, was married uh, to my stepdad, Mike. And every Thanksgiving, he would go to his house. They had a humongous family. But at that house, there was drinking, there was partying, there was all sorts of stuff going on and smoking. Can't stand to be around smoke. My family smoked the entire time my whole life. When I hit 18 years old, I said, never again. I didn't like the way it smelled. I couldn't breathe. It triggered my asthma, all that kind of stuff. So I didn't go. But there was a family in the church that for some reason fell in love with me. They were really good to me. And they always invited me over for Thanksgiving. Um, this family was very instrumental in me being in ministry and actually being a Christian throughout my life. And so, you know, I would go over. I don't know any etiquette at all, man. It's just my mom would make food, and it's time to eat. You just go for it and just tear it up, and that's it. Well, at this home, they prayed before the Thanksgiving meal. Dad does his blessing and all this kind of stuff. It was very prim and proper 
Uh, this was the second Thanksgiving that they invited me over. So I was like 18 years old. And, um, okay, so I'm sitting at the table. Remember I said there's, there, there's usually a kid's table and an adult's table? Well, they should have had a kid's table for me. All right, so I'm sitting there and, uh, you know, laughing and enjoying the, the, the uh, atmosphere. And um, have you ever get a, like a gas bubble like in your stomach? You're like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom type thing. Well, I'm sitting there. All of a sudden, I was like, huh, I got to go to the bathroom. And just as I said that in my head, my buddy Timmy, who's one of the funniest guys I've ever met, he says something funny. And it wasn't just a, <laughs> it was a belly-busting laugh. And so there's pressure here. He made me laugh. It wasn't even my fault. He made me laugh. And I went, ha! And as I said, ha, it went, I'm sitting on a wood chair. It magnified it. My friend starts laughing. His dad is trying not to, to laugh. He's holding it in. He's got this vein going right here. He's turning purple because he knew mom wasn't happy. I looked over at his mom, and his mom was like, you know, red eyes, beams burning through me. And then my buddy wouldn't stop laughing, so he made it worse. So she looks at him and says, Timmy, go to your room. And my buddy Timmy goes to the room, and he didn't understand. He's like, Mom, but he's the one who farted. And then he got in trouble for saying farted. So, so anyways. So Thanksgiving time, there's so many different memories, uh, some good, some bad, some funny, some embarrassing. Um, I have a, quite a few embarrassing uh, moments. But, um, but regardless, uh, what was really cool is uh, when I was there, they made it a point to thank their mom. I mean, my mom embedded that in me when I was a little kid. You always say thankful when somebody gives you, thank you when somebody gives you something. But when you're with family, sometimes we forget to do that. There's an expectation. You know what I mean? If it's not there, then we're like, what happened? You know, instead of saying, anyways. So that kind of set a precedence in my life of, of being thankful. And um, today, uh, I want to talk about the different levels uh, of thankfulness. Uh, we're going to go to Deuteronomy. Uh, I have it up on the screen. I have the scripture verse on the screen. If you want to go, you can go to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 7 through 18. Are you ready? Right, let's try it again. Are you ready? Dude, I'm excited about this. Okay, yeah, there it is on the, on the screen. Okay, here it goes. It says, for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Let me, let me set this up. This is Moses. He's, the, the Israelites are getting ready to go into the promised land. And so this is one of Moses' last teachings to the Israelites as they go into the promised land. Because under Moses' rule, the Israelites weren't very thankful. They grumbled. They complained about everything and anything. And he knew this. And so as the generation that was mumbling and complaining and stuff like that were dying off and the new generation was coming up, the new generation was still privy to the old generation's attitude of thanksgiving. And so Moses knew this. And he wanted these Israelites to be blessed because for 40 years they were under his tutelage and under his ministry, so to speak. And so here he is. Um, talking to them right now. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks and streams and deep springs and gushing out uh, into the valleys and hills, a land with meat, uh, wheat and barley, vines, fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will not lack anything, a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord, your God, for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget 
the Lord your God, falling, uh, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast wilderness and thirsty, uh, and thirsty and waterless lands. With the venomous snakes and scorpions, he brought you water out of a hard rock. When you have manna, when you gave, he gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and my strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember, the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, so confirms his covenant which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. Listen, it is so important to say thank you. Look at your neighbor and say thank you. It's not hard at all. But there are Words that are thank you that we say maybe that we're programmed to do, but we're not really grateful for it. But there are those moments in our life where it's like, oh, thank you so much. I didn't have money for my rent, and you just gave me 500 bucks. Are you kidding me? Thank you so much. I mean, there's a difference between that. And in this lesson that Moses is teaching them, uh, he's teaching them the lesson of being thankful for your provision. Never forget to thank God for everything he's given you. And that's the basics of thanksgiving. That's the, that's the basics of thanksgiving. When somebody hands you something, you say? When you hand somebody something, you're expecting them to say? There's nothing worse than opening up a door for somebody and they don't say? That's a pet peeve of mine. When they don't do that, this is what I do. I'll open the door, they'll walk through, they won't say nothing, I'll say, you're welcome. And I just walked through. Does anybody ever do something like that? Dude, I can't stand that. Anyways, that's, that's just a pet peeve of mine. I just threw it in there. All right. So anyways, Moses is setting a precedence on being thankful for what the Lord does uh, for them and important, how important it is uh, to give thanks to God. Praise. Um, yeah, I'm going to go there. I wasn't going to go there. but um, And we... We show the Lord our, appreci our appreciation and our thankfulness in many ways. Um, one of them is uh, what we just did. We just gave thanks. We honored and we praised the Lord through our circumstance just for who he is. Um, but this is where people kind of love and hate me type thing. Because I'm kind of like, I'm practical, but I'm kind of real. And sometimes I'm just preaching to myself. Okay, so if, if what I say offends you, best accuser of the brethren telling you you stink. Okay, the Holy Spirit brought me here. God ordained me to be here today to preach this message to you. You're here today on purpose. The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. And I don't know why I'm setting this up, but it is what it is. So, for instance, our, our attitude of gratitude on Sunday mornings. Um, most people view... Praise and worship, the most important time of a service. We view that as a prelude to the service. We don't even get credence to it. Why is that? Don't know why. Sometimes it's laziness. Sometimes it's lack of teaching. 
But where two or three are gathered in his name, he's there in the midst. We're ushering in the presence of the Lord right here. This isn't a concert. It isn't based on what kind of songs you like. Pastor and them, they don't go, well, listen, you know, uh, Michelle likes this song. We're going to throw that in here. And uh, TJ likes this song. We're going to throw it. Holy Spirit leads what's going on up here. And when you sit out in the foyer and you know the worship music's coming, you know at 10 o'clock or 1030, they're going to start worship. Yet we got to do what we're doing more important out there. Or we're not even here yet. I can't even start kids church until like half hour after church starts. Why is that? I think it's just a lack of teaching. Because what it is, worship, we need to be ready to just honor and thank God for everything that's transpired that week, that month, that day, that second, good or bad. Because he has our best interest at heart. If we truly believe the steps of the righteous are order of the Lord, this is where it comes into play. If you don't believe the steps of the righteous are order of the Lord, then you're where they were, where Moses says, don't be saying it's because of your own hand. God provided it for you. You fall into that carry that you're doing this yourself. But if you're following what God wants, that attitude of thankfulness, I, dude, I can't wait to get to church. I can't wait to worship. I can't wait to give him thanks for things that he's done in my life, which is the first level. Every, anybody can give thanks for what's given to you. Because when somebody gives you something, they've given you something. Of course I'm going to be thankful for it. Unless, of course, you give me some kind of like apple pie at Thanksgiving time. I don't do apple pie. I do banana cream pie, graham cracker crust. A little bit of bananas, whipped cream, not the canned stuff. Case, possibly. <laughs> yeah. And don't put the bananas inside it. Because when I put it in the fridge for leftovers, the bananas turn brown. That's a different story. Okay. But this is the basics. You know, at the kids' table, you know, when you're a little kid, your mom teaches you to be thankful. She teaches you etiquette. She teaches you what to say, what not to say. How to respond, how not to respond. That's what Moses was doing with these guys. Listen, God's about to, you're about to walk in to the land of promises, the land that he promised us. It's going to be all that and a bucket of chicken. You're going to go in there and it's going to be phenomenal. It's going to blow your socks away. So don't get overwhelmed by all the stuff coming your way and forget to say thank you Every time he gives you something, you thank him, you praise him, you bless him. And when you begin to do that, things change. And when you don't do that, things change. The fulfillment of what God wants to do in your life, for the purpose of your life, doesn't get fulfilled. Saying thank you affects heaven. Did you know that? Being thankful, having a heart of thanksgiving, affects heaven. How do I know that? Well... Let me take you to the next story real quick. You guys, some of you guys might know this. How many of you guys have uh, heard the story of the ten lepers before? Okay, some have, some haven't. That's okay. You're going you're to hear it today. Okay, so I'm going to put this on the screen. I'm going to read this. It's important for me to read this because sometimes I paraphrase and then I forget the most important part of it. I've got to go back and retract. I don't want to do that. Okay, so are you guys ready? All right, uh, Luke 17, 11 through 19 says this. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into the village, ten men who had leprosy met him. Uh, if you don't know what leprosy is for those younger ones, or maybe not even know what it is, it's a, it's a disease that, affect, that, that attacked your, your skin. Your flesh would literally die. Pieces of your flesh would literally die and fall off. Sometimes it was arms, legs, nose, just pieces of uh, uh, sections of your arms or, or whatever. Um, it was a nasty, nasty thing. And back in the day, what happened is 
if you thought you had this or somebody thought you had this, you had to go see the priest. And the priest would deem you clean or unclean. If he says you were unclean, your whole life just changed. You weren't to see your kids ever again, your wife ever again, any family members, friends. They were excommunicated out of your community and kicked out, never to be seen again, and dying this horrible death. Okay? So these guys were out in their little area, these ten guys. Um, they heard about Jesus somehow. Maybe one got leprosy um, after Jesus came by and he saw some miracles and he got leprosy and he went and I don't know how that happened. But they found out that Jesus was coming by. And they knew that if Jesus would just speak a word or touch them, they would be healed. Watch this. Everybody say 10. There was 10 of them. So as he was going into the village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance. They called out. Uh, they called in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. He knew their thoughts before they even spoke to them. He knew what their needs were. They didn't say, heal me. They didn't say, do any of this stuff. They called from a distance. He doesn't see the severity of it with his physical eyes. But he knew. And so Jesus did this to the ten. What an incredible. I, I just put yourself in these guys' shoes. Let's see. Okay. When he saw them, he said, go and show yourself to the priest, the same guy that deemed them unclean. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. How many of them were there? How many came back? He threw himself at the feet of Jesus and he thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. He wasn't even supposed to be. They were mortal enemies. He wasn't even supposed to be in that place. So here's a guy who doesn't know the etiquettes and all this stuff of the Jewish culture. But he gets healed. And they're walking. They're excited. I mean, put your, listen. You're sitting there walking. All of a sudden, your arm starts growing out. Your fingers come out. Your nose starts. I mean, the flesh on your body starts being covered. You're being cleansed. You're being healed. And he walk, they start walking. He notices it. He's like, what? And he runs, Jesus! He runs, he falls on his feet. He begins to thank him. He begins to praise him. He begins to worship him right there and then. Jesus noticed it. Because watch what else he noticed. Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Those guys missed out because they weren't thankful. Listen, it's not like they were bad guys, all right? I mean, some of those guys were probably like that for a year or two years, and they're on the brink of death. Now all of a sudden they're healed. They're so excited. They can't wait to get back to their family, their friends, to hug their little boy or hug their little girl, to give their wife a kiss on the cheek, whatever it is. They're so excited. They're overwhelmed with excitement and joy, but they forget who blessed them. And because they forgot who blessed them, they missed out on the extra blessing that God gave, that Jesus gave the last man. They missed out on that. What that was, I don't know. But all I know is those nine, because of their lack of gratitude and staying focused. Sometimes we got to stay focused to be thankful. You know what I mean? It's kind of like this. You've been married for, I don't know, ten years. First four years, your wife, when you come home, she has dinner waiting for you on the table. 
your favorite meal. She knows what vegetables you like, what breads you like, what potatoes you like. You know, you got your favorite pop or whatever it is you drink. For mine's Pepsi. I love. I like cherry Pepsi the most. And you know, sitting right there, and the desserts waiting for you, whether it's chocolate chip cookies, no nuts in them, all that kind. Of, she knows. She knows what you want. She knows what you like. And she gives it to you. And you come home from a hard day of work, working 8, 10, 12, 14 hours. You get home, you're like, ah. How many, I like that. You know, it's, like, it's like, food's on the table. It's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And you go up and say, honey, thank you so much for making that. I know it took a long time to make this dish, didn't it? And she shakes her head yes, and, and it's good. And then the years go by. And the thanking her isn't as often. Maybe it's like four times a week when she makes something really special. We start taking for granted of what she does for us. And eventually, we don't say thank you at all. Food's on the table. We come in. We eat. We go watch TV. We go to bed. But then, she doesn't have that food on the table when you come home. I just work 16 hours and there's no food on the table. Are you kidding me? My attitude begins to change. Because that attitude of gratitude flipped because I didn't practice the gratitude. There are times when you don't feel like saying thank you or you forget. But Moses was teaching these guys at a kid table level that this is what you do. Anytime something's given to you, you say thank you. It means a lot. And I just showed you right here, Jesus, it hit him different. It hit him wrong. Where's the other nine? So you can't tell me that doesn't affect heaven. It affected Jesus. And so when we're thankful, he notices and he blesses us. But we don't do it so we can get blessings. We do it because we're truly grateful that he did that for us. Does that make sense? Otherwise, you're just playing somebody. You know what I'm talking about. Your kid says thank you at Christmas time. Thank you, thank you. And they're playing you for next year because they want the same thing. Or they want something better. But you know that this is a grateful Because he sees past the outward appearance. He sees exactly where your heart's at. He sees what your heart's about. And so, so Moses is teaching at that level. And most of us in here, we do pray like that. Lord, thank you for breath in our bodies. I thank you for the nose on my face. I thank you for the girlfriend that's next to me because she's so pretty. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. So all the practical stuff we, we thank him for, but he wants us to go deeper. And David comes along years later, and he begins to take Thanksgiving to a, a different level. Give me two seconds. I flipped my pages over. Okay, here we go. Psalms 23, 4 through 5. This table that we're going to eat at, this level we're going to, is a mature level. This level is appreciating the presence. Thanking him for things that we cannot see yet, that haven't happened yet. Um, this table, it, it's, well, let's go right here. It's right here. Right, let's read it right now. It says this. Even though, everybody say even though. Say it louder than that. Even though. I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. In other words, it's like this. You got the little kid table, now you got the big dining room table. And this table's another level. 
We get the better food, you know what I'm saying? We get the banana cream pie, they get the what's coming out of the pudding thing. So, I mean, it, it, the, the, and so, so we're sitting here, and we sit at the table in the presence of our enemies. But I still see Jesus. So my thankfulness, I'm here now. I thank him for everything he's done for me in the present, in the past. But now it comes time for future. And so my thankfulness level has to go deeper. It's deeper than what he's given me because he hasn't given it to me yet. And so in this, it says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, even though people are talking bad about me, they're gossiping about me, they're slandering me, even though my relationship I had for five years has just split up and I can't see a future with anybody else, even though I just lost my job and the finances, I don't know where it's going to come from, even though I have so much insecurities that I hate myself, I'm ready to end my life, even though all the attacks from the enemy are coming toward us, even though we're surrounded and it seems like there's no way out, I'm still thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thank Are you thankful for things when they don't go right in your life? Some of you aren't saying anything because you're not. <laughs> no, I hate it. I don't like it either because I have my plans. But you know what? The steps of the righteous are directed by the Lord. Sometimes my ways isn't what God wants for me. And he changes and he shifts. So when I have a job and all of a sudden things change and I lose it, I got to be thankful that I had a job. And those moments, I got to be thankful that God knows the plans he has for me to prosper me and not harm me. I know that kind of stuff. So I'm going to give, be giving him thanks. I'm going to be giving him praise in my circumstances. And it's not easy to do. It's really easy to sit up here and say, you need to do that. But when you're diagnosed with stage four cancer, that's tough. So what do you do? We as Christians, we don't cash it in. Because we know that we serve the healer. We have the great physician. All he's got to do is breathe on a situation and it's taken care of. He's already defeated death, hell, and the grave. Sickness is under his authority. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so when we begin to thank him in this situation, how do you thank him? I don't know. I'm not in your life. But you got to begin to press out that praise and that thanks. Because when we do, heaven hears us and it makes a difference. And if we don't and we get succumbed by fear and sorrow and grief, hell hears that too. And so I'm telling you this because it's Thanksgiving season. And sometimes we blow through Thanksgiving. I am guilty of it. As soon as 30, October 31st is done, Christmas is on its way, baby. And so I'm getting out the decorations. I'm already asking, Kathy, Kathy, can we set it up? No, you got to wait another week and a half. Well, but if we do it now, you know, so, so I'm wired that way. And we forget about being thankful. But thankfulness, being thankful is so close to God's heart. And it moves him. And so when we take that time to stop thinking about ourselves, to stop being lazy, when church starts at 1030, be in here. What would happen if you were already in here even early, oh, you get here early, and you're bathing yourself in the preparation of the service and prayer and thanksgiving. When the service starts, nobody's going to have to warm you up to praise the Lord because you're already coming in with an attitude of thankfulness. Praise is already on your lips. You're excited. You're ready to go. And so that's frosting on the cake.
That's how it should be. We should be at an attitude, especially those of us that have been saved for 10, 15, 20, almost 40 years. Those of, I mean, but it's just like the wife with the food. We get used to it. I don't ever want to get used to the presence. I don't ever want to get used to it. I want it to be a normal thing, but I don't want to take for granted the presence. Does that make sense? And so God has, if God has done already everything that he can do to set us up for where we are today, whose responsibility is it to come in full of praise and thanksgiving? It's ours, all on us. And so I want to challenge you today to do that. Come in with a different attitude. Come in with a different mindset. How do you do that? you got to make your flesh submit to the Spirit. you got to crucify your flesh every day. You can't, I'm going to give you a hint, it can't just be on Sunday you cop that attitude. That attitude of gratitude needs to be throughout. As soon as you leave this place, you go to the restaurant. Thank you so much for your service, even if it stunk. Even if she had a bad attitude. Even if she gave you the finger while she was doing stuff. You have a great attitude. You thank her for that finger that God gave her. And may blessings come through it. But what I'm saying, do you get what I'm saying? It starts now. And you got to force yourself sometimes to do it. A lot of times we rely on the Holy Spirit to supernaturally do things that make us do stuff like we're a marionette puppet. It doesn't work like that. We have got to choose. Everybody say choose. choose. you got to choose what you're going to do. And when you choose the things of God, your life gets better. It doesn't mean it gets easier. But you can navigate through it with joy and thanksgiving because you truly have joy in your life and you truly are thankful. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, so that's where he's at. So Moses teaches us the basics. David teaches us, listen, there's enemies coming around, but the Lord has given me an ability to see past and see through and be thankful in spite of all. If you've read the story of David, he screwed up a lot, a whole lot. But in the midst of that, the first thing he did when he messed up or had victory, he went to the Lord. And that's the heart that God wants in us. I don't know why I keep walking back there. I just feel cool back there. I don't know. This thing, because I'm so short, I don't think you guys can see me right here. Can you? You can't see me. I know you can't see me. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, shoot. Um, watch this, though. Many of us are deceived, and we feel that we're already at this level. Bob, I'm already there. I'm already there. And again, I would check that or question that based on the response of how many people are in this area when it's time to honor God. You know, that, that you're the only one that can be honest with yourself. Nobody else can tell you, because if somebody says something to you in a rebuke, you don't have to receive it. Don't, you don't know me. You don't, you don't even know. You don't understand my situation. So, but when you allow the Holy Spirit just to speak to you, like right this, I want you to process this through the eyes and the ears of the Holy Spirit. Because it's not to beat you up or say that you stink. Sometimes it's just a check, like, you know what, i got to do better. The Lord deserves better than this, than what I've given him. If you're stagnant in your life and things aren't going anywhere, check your gratitude level. Do you say thank you every time you get a raise? Do you thank God as opposed to saying, you know what, they needed to give me a raise. I'm the hardest worker in the place. Which may be true, but is it based on your merit or did God set you up for success? 
Did he put you in that place? Did he soften that guy's heart? Did he open his eyes that he saw the value that you are to that company? You see what I'm saying? So it's how you view things. When you start viewing things differently, you start thinking differently. When you start thinking differently, it catches the attention of the Lord. All right? Um, the last thing is this. And these, many of you guys know this. It's really easy when things are going great and maybe things are surrounding you, but they're not on you yet. Maybe there's accusations at this table, and, um, but you still got your mind and everything fixed on Jesus. But this next level, I don't even know what to call this level. I'll call it the all-you-can-eat level maybe. I don't know. Um, but this level is the story of Paul and Silas. You guys know that story? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you this story again. Because uh, sometimes pastors assume that people um, know the stories, the basic Bible stories. We think everybody knows it, so we go right into it without explaining it to them. I'm going to explain you this story, all right? Uh, 25 through uh, uh, Acts 16, 25 through 31 are up on the screen. But I'm going to go from verse number 1. Once, um, when we were uh, going to the place of prayer... We were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are the servants of God, the God of the Most High, who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this on for many days. And it wasn't like a sincere thing. I could see Paul and Silas looking over at him going, Oh, man, here's this person again. You ever know that person? Really obnoxious, and you know, it's like, here you go again. And so all of a sudden, Paul gets so sick of it, he rebukes her and casts the spirit out of her. Her owners got ticked off because she was their cash cow. She was how they were making money. No more money because she can't tell the future anymore. And so they get mad. They lied. They slandered Paul and Silas. And they got thrown into prison. They were beaten, they were flogged, they were put into the middle of a cell, all for preaching the gospel. They did nothing wrong. They didn't beat anybody, they didn't hurt anybody, they didn't kick anybody, they didn't take anybody's food. They got lied about, and they're paying a price for something they shouldn't have been in. So here they are, this is next level stuff. All of a sudden, this stuff is happening to them that's out of their control. They didn't do anything about it. It wasn't fair. They shouldn't be in this place. Lord, I'm doing this for you. Why is this happening? Have you been in that place? I've done all this. Why are they going through that? Why did my mom? She's done all this. She's prayed. She did it. She gives ties and she loves on people. She does all this stuff. Why? Here they are. Why? They had the, they had the right to complain. But watch what they did. They went through all this. I don't see anywhere in here where it says that they complained. They were probably angry and, and upset. I mean, don't tell me. These are just normal guys. Somebody takes you, they lie on you. How do you get when somebody lies about you? You get a little testy, don't you? And all of a sudden they take you, they strip you, they start beating you. They weren't going, oh, I consider this pure joy. They weren't doing that. They were going through it. They were going through the hard stuff. But watch this. While you're going through this stuff, all of a sudden perspective starts filling their minds. All right? And watch this. They get thrown in prison. Now follow me at verse 25. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. What did they do? They were just beaten. They were lied about. I mean, I'm talking they were beaten to a pulp. They were bound up. They were in darkness. And instead of whining and complaining, why did God fail us? 
All we did was his work, and he didn't save us. Why, 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 why? They began to pray. They began to sing. They began to give thanks. And as they were doing that, they didn't petition the Lord. I don't see anywhere in Scripture where they said, Lord, get us out of this mess. You put us into it. They didn't do that. What they did was this. They began praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake. The foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chain came loose. Dude, in the midst of their pain, in the midst of their suffering, their confusion, their feeling alone, they begin to worship. And they begin to pray. And they begin pressing in. Because what happens is they caught the eyes of the Lord. In the middle of all this stuff, now they're looking up. They don't see all this stuff. They don't see the blood rushing down their arms and on their legs. They, they, they're seeing through maybe the blood streaming down their face. And they're beginning to worship. They're beginning to praise. And all of a sudden, God shakes the place that they're in. And changes everything. The bondages popped off. In the middle of being thankful. In the middle of being thankful. All this stuff happened. They were set free. But because they had a gratitude, attitude of gratitude, there you go, attitude of gratitude, because they went to that level of being thankful, they could have left. They could have run for their life. But they stayed because they knew that the jailer would have been killed for it. And so they stayed. And they talked to the jailer. The jailer noticed what happened. They led him to Jesus. Then they went to the jailer's house and led his entire family to Jesus. That would not have happened if they wouldn't have had a thankful heart. It would not have happened. They would have left and been done with this all. They'd have still been in prison. We'd have probably still been able to go do a check out their bones right now. Whatever. You know, anyways. <laughs> Stupid movies. They get itched in my head and I'm thinking. I'm going to leave you with this. 1 Thessalonians, I do this power verse in youth ministry, verse of the week in youth ministry. We do memory verse in kids' church, and we think that's just for them. Verses are verses. Memory verses is the word of God. It's what you eat. And I guarantee you, I don't want to say guarantee because I hate doing that. Statistically, Bob's statistics, probably, maybe just like that tithe and do the work around the church, maybe 10% of the people in the church actually get into their word and memorize scripture. This is a verse I want to challenge each and every person in here to do this week. This is your homework. I should actually have a booth. I should actually sit out here next week, and as you guys come in, tell me the verse. Okay? So write it down. I might do that. I might set me up a booth. I'm going to leave that up there, and that's the memory verse. All right. And I'll give you a piece of candy if you know what it is. All right. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. So 1 Thessalonians. I don't see anybody typing on their phones. You guys take a picture of that. You can take a picture. Use your phones. Take a picture of it. Make sure you know it. It says this. Rejoice. 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 Pray. Give thanks in all. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I want you to take that home this week. I don't know where you're at. I'm not with you all the time. And people that I do talk to in counsel, they only give me this much of what's going on in their life. And so, I don't know where you're at, but I'm going to challenge you to be thankful where you're at. 
This Thanksgiving, make that day all about being thankful. When you got aunt, when you got nephews and nieces coming over, when you got grandkids coming over, your kids are coming over, make it truly a day of thanksgiving. Do it before about noon because there's a lot of people that have sports people inside their family, and that's when the games start. So for you to want them to do that is going to be near impossible, especially if they don't know the Lord. All right? Even for some like me that do know the Lord, 12 o'clock, I want to turn the game on. That's the only time I get to see the Lions. Anyways. So I want you to practice being thankful this week. When you leave here today, say thankful, say thank you until it's so obnoxious you get sick of it. Can you do that? If you're in a situation today, listen, I, I know some of you are going through some stuff and there's things that are out of your control. Some of you put yourself in the middle of that stuff. But you're like David and you know you shouldn't be there and you're thankful that you have a God that can pull you out of that mess. If you're here today and you need an attitude adjustment, you need the Holy Spirit to speak to you constantly to remind you to be thankful to take you places, whether it's in your dreams, whether it's in thought of things that he's done for you and the places he wants to take you and, and where he's going to take you. And, and you're going through some nasty stuff right now and you can't see your way out of it, but I'm going to be thankful that I'm here right now. I'm able to fight in this battle and I know I'm going to win because God's given me the victory. You know, so when we're thankful like that, we get in the battle. Our life isn't roses. When you get saved, it doesn't get easy. It gets hard. We're the victors, but there's still battles going on. And if you don't fight, if you don't want to fight, you ain't going to win. You know, if I want to fight, my, if I want to fight Dre, you know, I'm, I got my stance ready to go, but I never defend myself. He knows how to box. He's a boxer. So he knows how to box. He's beating a crud out of me. I have the ability to fight him, but if I don't, I lose. Same thing spiritually. You got to learn how to fight. You got to start fighting. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to ask you this question. If you're in here today... And your attitude of being thankful, it just stinks. You know, maybe you've, maybe you've struggled with this your whole life. Maybe you never even thought of this. Maybe this message is the first time somebody ever said something about, I don't know, it's so important to be thankful. But you realize that you're not thankful and that that needs to change in your life. Because if you don't become thankful, if you're the head of your home, your family doesn't become thankful. So you've got to be able to Anyways, if that's you, if that's you, and you just need prayer this morning, you want me to pray for you this morning, when I say three, just raise your hands. I want to pray for you this morning. Are you ready? One, two, three. Raise your hands if that's you. Raise your hand. Thank you for being honest. These things are sometimes not the easiest things to do. Thank you for being honest, guys. That's what a mature person does. If you're in here today and you've been struggling, I'm talking you're, you're at that third level right now, and it's like you're in quicksand and you're sinking. You can't seem to get away from it. You can't seem to get out of it. You don't want to be there. And finding it hard to thank God for the position that you're in right now because you just don't see it. First, the teaching is we walk by faith and not by sight. Sometimes you don't see the end result of what God has for you, but it's there. We just have to be obedient. So maybe you're in something right now. Maybe there's a diagnosis that you've been diagnosed with. Maybe you've been struggling in a relationship, maybe with, with your kids or with, um, or with your parents. Or maybe it's with somebody that you're interested in, I don't know. If that's you, and you're wanting out of that mess, I wanna pray for you this morning. I, wanna, I want you to raise your hands right now if that's you, raise your hands if that's you. Thank you for being honest. Hands up going, 
If everybody could stand to your feet real quick. If you wouldn't mind. If you're physically able to. Just want to make sure everybody's looking at me. My wife dressed me. I want to make sure you appreciate what's in front of you. <laughs> listen, yeah, listen. I want the best for your life, man. We all do. We pray for you constantly. We do things around here to try to enhance the um, ability for you to grow spiritually in the Lord. We give you opportunities to serve and, and to do ministry because we know that everybody has a call. But it's really hard when this right here is messed up because all he's got to do is throw something and it screws you up and then you see things differently the way God wants you to see him. He wants you to see him. He wants you to see life through the eyes of thanksgiving. He wants you to be thankful for everything, for your friends, for your family, even the ones you don't get along with, even the ones that you hate that come over Thanksgiving, you know they're going to be there. But he's placed them there on purpose. You may not win them to the Lord in that moment, but you being thankful that they're there and you telling them that you're thankful that they're there, it makes a difference. They may tell you to shut up. They may tell you, no, you don't. Don't matter. Don't let that change your heart. Don't let that change your attitude. Just because you're thankful doesn't mean people appreciate it, okay? Like the waitress flipping you off. You tell her you're thankful for her finger. But she puts the other one up. You still appreciate her. You still thank her because you don't know what she's going through. You know what I'm saying? And so God does that for us. Listen, if you're in here today, if, if, if you're part of the prayer team and pastors allowed you to, to be a part of that, if you would come up here just in the front uh, and just take your spots for me, it would be great because I'm going to ask, if you're in here today and you're struggling with the part of Thanksgiving, your heart is heavy, your heart is angry. Doesn't seem like you're ever thankful at all. People let you down all the time. But today, today's the day where that changes. God's waiting to change your heart right now. That's why you're sitting here. So if that's you and you're in here today and you're ready for God to change your heart, to be more thankful, to be more aware of what he does in our lives, if that's you, I want you to come up here right now. Come on up right now. If that's you, come on up right now. If you raise your hands, come on up right now. Don't wait around, man. Don't wait around. Don't wait around. All we're going to do is pray for you this, this morning. Nobody's going to say anything about it. If you're in here today, and I always do this, and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, yeah, you can come forward. You guys can come forward. That's fine. And you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Without that relationship with Jesus, We don't receive the blessings that God wants for us and has for you. Without Jesus, you're stuck. The enemy can take hold of your life and do what he wants. But when you surrender yourself to Jesus, he takes control. Busts the enemy's change, and now the plans for his life or for your life through him starts at this moment. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter if you're a jerk, if you're a thief, if you're a murderer. Doesn't matter. Right now, it starts. So if that's you, you're in here today, and you want to ask Jesus in your heart, maybe for the first time, or maybe you heard this message, and you know you got to get back to the Lord, and this is the moment. 
When I say three, come on to your seats. We want to pray for you up here. Are you ready? One, two, three. Come on to your seats if that's you. Come on to your seats if that's you. Don't look around to the left or right, man. God is speaking to you this morning. God is speaking to you this morning. Would you guys do me a favor? Could you guys lift your hands towards these that are up here today? We're going to help these guys pray for them. Father, you see the hearts of each person that's up here today at the altar, and you see the hearts of those that are in their seats that maybe even need to be up here. Father, we can't hide from your presence. You know our thoughts before we speak them. You're everywhere all the time. And you're here right now in this moment to set us free from ungratefulness, to set us free from sin, and to change our lives forever. Because Lord, you know that our lives changes others' lives. The enemy's fighting just as hard against this message today as we are trying to receive it. So Lord, we humble ourselves to you right now and we're thankful. I thank you, Lord, for life. I thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done in my life, in our lives. I thank you, God, for where we're at today. And I thank you, God, for seeing us through the situations that we're in and we're getting ready to go through in the future. I thank you for victory. I thank you, God, that you stand before us. I thank you, God, that you fight in place of us. I thank you, God, that you are setting things up right now in the heavenlies that we can't even see. I thank you, Lord, that we don't walk by sight. I thank you, God, that our faith increases. Our love for the Word increases. Because as our love grows in the Word, our faith grows. And as our faith grows, our thankfulness ahead of time grows. Because we're not just thanking you because of a sermon we heard. But because we actually believe and we know that you've given us the victory through this circumstance. So we're thankful, Lord. I'm thankful for the trials. I'm thankful for the tests. I'm thankful that you sharpen me. I'm thankful for the friends you have around me, that iron sharpens iron. I thank you for my wife. She thanks you for her husband. We just want to love you. We just want to do this thing with you. Work through us, Lord. Some of us, you got to get rid of certain areas over here and some of us over here. But Lord, we're yours. We surrender our hearts, our lives to you, and we're forever thankful. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Give the Lord a hand. Thanks for listening to Champions Church Sermon of the Week. Be sure to subscribe for more content each week. If you'd like to learn how you can partner with us, visit GodsChampions.com.